movies were never safe to begin with, and the truth is stranger than fiction. Starring Moral Bob, Drew Misson, and Andy Rouse. Conspiracy Theater 3000. Our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. Something given has no value. Well, I got a couple of thousand goddamn questions, you know? The world ain't what it seems, is it, Gunny? I want to speak to someone in charge. The moment you think you got it figured, you're wrong. Enforce, my friends, is violent. They've been studying it for years, fighting our weaknesses. I want a lot to complaint. <laughs> you're safe and alive. You're already dead, everybody. They have created a repressive society, and we are their unwitting accomplices. The world is a business. You have no right to make people crazy. We've got to stop them! They're going to kill us all! How come I know so much? Their intention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness. What the hell is going on around here? Who's going on, you people? They are safe as long as they are not discovered. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented, with which we're presented, with which we're presented. G'day everybody, welcome back to another episode of Conspiracy Theatre 3000. I am your host Drew Misson, joined by the one and only Moral Bob, and welcome back our brand new guest host, Ryan Dean. Welcome gentlemen. What's going on boys? On? Yeah, the trio reunites for another movie yeah, breakdown, man. Uh, First one was fun, dude. Dude, it's a it blast, was man i love we've got a, a lot of feedback from people that found the uh the butt sex stuff particularly funny um yeah. don't know how we quickly got onto that tangent but we made it work so there you go hey you know it seemed like it was something that was on bob's mind and he just asked me kind of out of nowhere so yeah <laughs> the, but I'm, I'm open it's, to those kinds of questions it did seem to be very organic well yeah. <laughs> well ryan i know you're somebody who has openly said that you'll watch any two willing people have sex. Absolutely. So, so that that kind of anytime I'm talking to Ryan Dean, I'm like, this dude would watch anybody fuck. Yeah, why <laughs> not? Sits back and goes, oh, <laughs> so willing right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah I, I heard that. I forget where I heard it, but I was like, that's true. I think it's true for a lot of people too. I don't know, man. Like I, you've thrown some examples out on your podcast where it's like, man, I'd watch this person and this person fuck, and I'm like. Mm. I'd feel real dirty and I'd need a shower. That's what alcohol's for. Well, that is a (laughs) valid point. (laughs) So what are we getting into here today? We are getting into Demolition Man. We alluded to it in last week's episode, but the 1993 film Demolition Man, in my opinion, this was one of the last action hero genre films of its time. It was on the way out with this one. Uh, so it's directed by Marco Brambilla, starring Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, and Sandra Bullock. At the end of a century, ravaged by violence, a society of perfect order will arise. Criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons. The prisoners are ice cubes. Their criminal instincts are being reprogrammed as they sleep. Aggression and deviant behavior will be totally eliminated. 
is a criminal the likes of which you have never seen. In a bad time, he was the worst. I'm gonna love running this place. But in the year 2032... This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo-facility. We are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with the situation. Amidst a world of peace and calm... We're police officers. We're not trained for this kind of violence. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan. You mean the demolition man? The conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Two mortal enemies. Just dropped in to say hi! From another time. Pass is over, John! Time for something new and improved! Oh, hell. Will be unleashed on a future that isn't big enough for the both of them. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Demolition Man. He only served half a sentence, I will say. And and let me just say, too, you know, it's a good movie. We were talking about this. It's a, it's a good, bad movie, right? Why do people that break the law get to literally time travel? Like, that's what happens here. It's like a perk. Obviously, you know, it's sad that your family dies and, and you're, you know, it's essentially a death sentence to Stallone's family. Um, or, or in this, I guess his, his name's Spartan, right? But, I mean, he's literally time traveling, dude. 30 years in the future, not aging a day. Well, and that happens in a, what's it called? Altered Carbon. Have you seen that? No. Altered Carbon's crazy, dude. Yeah. Consciousness I... gets held on a disc. And so prisoners have their bodies done away with and their consciousness is put on a disc. And so wow. prisons are just these like little facilities that hold these discs. And when they want to revive them for uh, like they did in the in the beginning of Demolition Man, when they're or with, after they've frozen somebody and they're bringing them back for uh, what do they call it? Parole, a parole hearing. Right. Well, they'll do that in Altered Carbon as well. And they find like a freshly dead person and. interesting interesting maybe potentially something uh we got to do in the future you know what i mean but there's a lot in this movie dude there's a lot of predictions a lot of like kind of uh you know foreshadowing i don't want to jump the gun here i'll uh you know have obviously drew is i think a great leader with this stuff but i mean where do we go from that from that great breakdown i don't know i think we maybe let's go back to when we first saw it the one thing that surprises me about this whole movie is it hasn't predicted that dennis rodman would be a serial killer (laughs) <laughs> that's the only thing it hasn't done wesley snipes right. does look a lot like like uh like rodman in this remember when in the middle of covid and like wesley this people were like this is demolition man because wesley <laughs> snipes had just gotten out of jail and like nobody there was no toilet paper anywhere did, did you say toilet paper that's true <laughs> What like the hell is the deal with those touch. seashells, by the way? Did you guys ever talk- figure that out? Is there some I symbolism? I did not figure it out. I haven't come across anything for that. It's weird. Really? You haven't even come across yeah, I didn't. Nothing. I didn't. I, I would have been look. stretching for some stuff on that one. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> but I can remember watching this as a kid, um, and we're similar age brackets, Ryan. I can remember watching it in primary school. 
and it was that movie we, we had. And so we didn't have a a blockbuster video in Australia. We had a place called Video Easy. So I can remember going down to Video Easy, getting the seven weeklies and two overnights, getting some games from a Sega Mega Drive. And this was there. And I grabbed that and my mates came over and we watched it one night. And as soon as it finished, we watched it again. We thought it was the bee's knees, the best movie that ever been, <laughs> been out. And now you look back at it and yeah, like you said, it's not the best action movie, but you can see it's one of the last action movies before the, the sissification of the action heroes started. Sure. It, it was the epitome of like your 80s, 90s action flick, right? Just over the top, super cheesy, you know, like it was like a slightly more refined late 70s, early 80s action, right? Because there was a lot of cheesy action movies through the <laughs> 80s and they got just a little bit better and then it just made a huge leap in the late 90s. Yeah, isn't it weird how movies used to, like, intentionally be campy and cheesy like that? Like, my dad watches a lot of westerns, you know? He started, he was watching them when he was in the hospital for that little stint. And uh, now he's watched them at home. And it's like the acting in these things is intentionally bad. Mm. And it's almost like this is kind of, like you said, that last that last little wave of that. Although there is some kind of organic, like, I think that, like, Sandra Bullock, she's, I think she's a great actress, dude. Like, she, she, she kind of personifies her role i think so well dude like she she does a really good job like that kind of like over the top politically correct karen type i think she does it so well um i forget friendly's name the actor that plays friendly uh, oh, it's, it's hey, uh leary dennis leary that's it. is that who it is okay dennis leary. yeah the comedian I mean, similar, similar with that too, right? Oddly enough, I think like Stallone and uh, Snipes, I think are like the worst casted. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're like the <laughs> oh, leads in this. So, but I think all the supporting roles, Rob Schneider, I mean, like they're all doing such yes. a good job, right? They, they do are. such a good job playing like those nerds and playing their role. Um, and I mean, dude, we see people like that today, whether they're in law enforcement or they're in education or whatever. There's people in like authoritarian or authority positions that act like that, where they're almost talking down to you, even though you're an adult that has their own life and they talk to you like you're a child. That's kind of what they were doing in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you ever had a kinder teacher, they talk like that all the time. It's so yeah. draining. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like adult grown ass adults, like out yeah. for dinner and she's like, all right, who's ordering first? It's like, bitch, let's just, let's just do our thing here. Ryan, <laughs> you're letting Bob speak now. He put his hand up first. Yeah. You need to do more listening, less talking. <laughs> My favorite thing from elementary school was crisscross applesauce. That's when we had to sit with our legs crossed and the teacher See, would yell crisscross we applesauce. We called that Indian style. Well, that's, hey, Bob. Oh, that's inappropriate now, Bob. Come on. <laughs> that's what we called that. That was sitting Indian style. Well, Native American style. That doesn't even sound as good either, right? No. It sounds like a Everyone... sexual act. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> sit down at Native American style. It's like, whoa. What are we doing hey, these kids? Hey, yeah. Awful. Well, yeah. it's it's funny that you mentioned that the two main actors seem like probably the worst choices to play those roles because they weren't intended to be those actors originally. They kind of really? stepped into the roles last minute. Yeah. I've got some did you knows for you. Very first thing, Wesley Snipes wasn't intended to be that role. Originally, it was offered to Jackie Chan. But Jackie <laughs> Chan knocked it back because he didn't want to be typecast as the bad Asian. I did hear that now that you say that. Yeah, he didn't want to be a bad guy. And now it turns out yeah. he's a total piece of shit that like doesn't want to leave his daughter 
his inheritance. Like he's yeah. actually a really bad dude. It sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ready and. Our John Spartan character was supposed to be played by the B-grade action hero, Van Damme. Could you imagine Ooh, Van Damme and Jackie Chan throwing movie. Martial, arts at each, martial arts at each other? That would have been unreal. Would have been yeah. quite a different movie, but I think the stunts would have been a lot better. I think it would have been a more serious movie. Like, it wouldn't have come off as campy. Well, yeah, dude, know, with it, those two alone, just like, like, like Drew's saying, like the flips and all the shit they'd be doing would just be nuts. Yeah. Do you know what it would have been, though? What was another movie that was sci-fi that came out in the 90s starting, starring Van Damme with time travel? Oh, was it like Time Cop? Was it Time, time Cop? Cop. It would have been another Time Cop. That's yeah. the problem. It's like a oh. volcano versus Dante's Peak scenario. They're the same movie. Right. Interesting. They yeah, did man. that a lot, too. So, yeah. So, yes, um, as I alluded to earlier, Wesley Snipes does look a lot like Dennis Rodman. There's a reason for that. Dennis Rodman only started dyeing his hair different colors after seeing this movie. He's quoted as saying in an interview. Really? Yeah. So it had an impact on the NBA and players in general. He started to dye his hair bright colors. That's weird, man. Very weird. Uh, Okay, this film is actually adapted from a Hungarian science fiction novel written by Istvan Nemir called Fight of the Dead. It was published in 1986 about a counter-terrorism soldier who was cryogenically frozen after the events of a terrorist act, and the terrorist is awoken, and the same story ensues. It's 86% identical as this movie, so much that the the writer tried to sue the distributors and the, the film firm. He failed, but he tried. Yeah. Why do you think they put movies like this out? You know, like this is back. It came out in 93. It starts in 96, though, right? Mm -hmm. So why do you think they put these things out? I mean, it's not like it's a brilliant idea, yet it's, you know, so close to another movie that, you know, directors or writers are suing over it. Why is that? Why why is this thing like just repeatedly getting released in this time? It's indoctrination, right? Like, so people will watch this movie. And they will go, man, that is a fucked up level of government. So anything less than that is acceptable. That makes right? sense. Yeah. And they can also start, you know, showing people little things like distancing, not touching, having where you having babies is illegal. Sex is illegal. Cussing is illegal. So everything, it just puts right, right. that, that police state and normalizes the police state. Right, where everything is fined and taxed and controlled. Including certain words, right? You can't curse, right. you can't you can't eat sugar mm-hmm. and stuff. And and Drew, let me know if I'm stepping on the way that you're trying to run this, you're but right, I think right. that it I think it's a great time to talk about some of the ways that the government in this movie is like exactly like what Bob's saying, like the ways that they're kind of stepping on freedoms and whatnot, right? Oh, brother, this film is just bang on with what's happening in the world. Like I said, it's this Brave New World, 1984, Wally, uh, Idiocracy, yeah. all in one kind of mixed up Frankenstein monster of a world. It's just perfect in some of the things that come out. Right. Well, it's, and it's, I don't, it's oh, so cartoonish. Like it's, it's comic book, you know, this is like, this is just a comic book on screen. And you can even see it in the way that they dress, right? Like, you know, we first see Wesley Snipes and he's in a checkered jacket and like striped pants. You know, so he's he's got the symbolism there as well as looking very cartoonish in mm-hmm. his Yeah, time. very nineties cartoon, um like right. Roger Rabbit type of a deal, yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> like I forget what comedian it says like that says this too like uh he he was living in California and he would see these movies with Jackie Chan and stuff in the 90s and they were in like New York and he was thinking that like gangsters in New York all had like green mohawks and shit like they say you know what <laughs> I mean like all these gangsters and thugs Ninja Turtles in, bad guys <laughs> yeah they dress in bright clothes the gangs are like multiracial right there's a bad Asian guy bad black guy bad bad white guy all these things and it's like dude you know it's just so it's funny that they kind of portray uh i almost called him rodman but they they portray snipes like this in this yeah absolutely yeah. the um, last few little things before we get stuck into some of the word magic i noticed was that yeah. you know that really fancy gun like the futuristic gun in a world with no firearms that he finds that's right. actually based off a, a weapon that the german army made a prototype and it actually fires advanced rifle rounds um, in caseless ammunition so it's firing rounds without having any kind of a primer or anything behind it so it's based no off shell? a real firearm that exists yeah no shell wow so it's like shooting plasma or what i mean the- yeah yeah it's, it's shooting real gun. it's firing a I mean, slug like a rail gun, a real, yeah. real gun is. A, a not non-ferrous slugs it's the gosh g11 a prototype from the german army wait a minute this is the future. We're all a phase of guns. Fellow uh, greetings, sir. What's your buckle? Please exit rapidly. Warning. Please exit rapidly. The magnetic accelerator gun, the Warning. last produced handheld weapon of this millennium, displaced the flow of neutrons Warning. through a nonlinear cycloid electromagnetic accumulator. What the hell? And that's <laughs> funny too. That was a wild part that I noticed in there was that when you know, when they're trying to figure out when uh, you know, Phoenix, Wesley Snipes character, you know, he's going to go get a gun for sure. Well, where's he going to get the gun? The fucking museum. You know what I mean? Like, there's no guns out there anymore. Well, it's and just... then, then the guns are loaded. Like, they yeah. just have the endless They have to be accurate. Time period accurate. Come on. Yeah. I know. It's like in Shaun of the Dead when there's that gun above the bar, and they're like, surely there's no bullets in there. It's not a working <laughs> gun. And he just pulls it right off and shoots the zombies with the gun. It's like, how goofy are we going to get here? Uh, uh, the, the last one was the morality statute slips that come out. Thanks a lot, you shit. So much for the seashells. So all those little devices that are on walls, every time you swear a cuss, the little ticket comes out to find you. That's the Debian Linux uh, Linux logo on them. So Debian Project started in 1993 and was stemmed as a free software for the world program. And ironically, their symbol is the pedo symbol that you see from Pizzagate and the CIA. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Just right yep. there, huh? Just right in front of everyone's faces. <laughs> and this is where we get into the names. There's a two-pronged name thing going on here. So Lelena Huxley is a combination of Lenina Crown and Aldous Huxley. Crown, who was a character in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. So Lelena Huxley, the, the sidekick in this oh, film... Shit. She's a direct throwback to Brave New World by um, Huxley. Wow. And she's the one that introduces Stallone into the New World. Into the New World, right? So she introduces him to the Brave New World. Mm -hmm. 
Now, here's more of an entomology breakdown of names. So John Spartan, our main character, played by Stallone. John is Hebrew for God is gracious, and Spartan um, means self-restrained. So Spartans were warriors, and in many ways, John was resurrected from cryo and called upon as a warrior to stop Phoenix. He's self-restrained during his interactions with a world that he cannot tolerate, preventing himself from kicking the shit out of people he can't, he can't understand or deal with. How many times can you tell in his face he just wants to beat the shit out of someone for being so fucking high and mighty and prim and proper all the time? He looks really pissed off. So yeah. he's actually restraining himself throughout that entire film. Huh. I would be too. <laughs> yeah, man. The way that <laughs> What these, is your boggle? Talk... <laughs> yeah, the way that these John people Spartan, interact is, is wild. <laughs> the sex scene. <laughs> One of the most yes. erotic sex scenes I've ever seen in any movie. <laughs> Right, it's, uh, it's, it's everything. It's so bad. It's going that way. about this. Oh, movie technically, is it is that crazy. way now, right? With VR and shit, it can be. With, yeah. Like, so, like, what it is? Machines. There's those little jackoff handheld jackoff machines. Oh yeah, like flashlights. You're talking. Yeah. Yeah. So what it is is like you know, uh, for people that haven't seen it, it you know, uh, it's actually Huxley Bullock's character that wants to have sex with Spartan uh, Stallone, and. You know, she's being forward with him, asks him if he wants to have sex. He says, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, sure. You know, like, just all stupid. <laughs> this dude, I can't stand I'm this totally into it. Dude, I can't stand Stallone. You haven't done your Stallone impersonation one time. I'll do him more. Yeah. I'll do him more as we as I drink a few more Modellos here. But, yeah, so she asks him to, you know, have sex, and they sit down on a rug, face each other, and both put on some helmets, and it, like, stimulates their mind. Um very strange you know and then stallone wants to actually have like you know f- flesh on flesh sex and she's like well we don't do that here anymore you know because of gross stds yeah cooties <laughs> you, right it's all because to- of cooties totally off topic but as soon as you said sylvester stallone's voice do you remember the family guy clip where it's from rocky you can't go in outer space to fight the aliens rock there's no oxygen <laughs> up there well it means there's no oxygen for them either <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah he's the greatest man like it, 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 just like the dumbest seeming guy rocky please don't go to mars and fight the martian i gotta do what i gotta do but there's no oxygen on mars yeah that means there's no oxygen for him either that martian wants a fight he'll get a fight you can't win rock you're 60 years old i i actually heard some stories about him when he was coming up i guess he like sold his dog to try to you know like feed himself for a couple of like weeks until he got picked up by hollywood and then ended up buying the dog back i don't know if that's true but it's just one of those stories where it's like, damn, dude, I would never sell one of my dogs. I know his first one behind the screen was porno. Was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. He was in a skin flick. There was a hot mic uh, that was on him too in a uh in one of his tra- one of his trailers, and he was telling the intern, like he had the mic on. This is how dumb this dude is. This he's fucking forcing this intern or whatever or assistant to have sex with them. And he's literally going, cup the bulls, cup the bulls. He's telling this girl to like cup his nuts while he's su- while she's sucking him off. It's wild, but that's like a fact. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, dude, the dude's Jesus a weirdo. Christ. Uh, Jesus world. Christ! How do we continue after these conversations at the start? We all right, all right. Here. So, <laughs> all right. So, get to Phoenix. The, the the what's going on is. He's like Simon Phoenix is this bad guy, right? And hold on, so, hold on, hold on. 
I've got to give you the breakdown of Simon Phoenix. I've got three right. more characters. Oh, okay. Right. Simon Phoenix, Hebrew and Greek. So Simon, to be heard, to hear or to be heard, reputation. And the symbol of the Phoenix meaning renewal. So regeneration and immortality. Phoenix has escaped death by the cryogenic process, is risen again and regenerated into a man with many skills he did not possess earlier. <laughs> a man who still desires to be heard. What's his catchphrase? Simon says. His violent actions give him the reputation of his name. So he's risen like a phoenix, as the name implies, and Simon means to hear or to be heard, and he always wants to be heard. Hence why we have the saying, Simon says, as a game. Well, dude, that's what's funny, is that when Stallone is frozen, they give him the talent of knitting when he comes out, and they give Simon all these talents of, like, killing and, you know, crime and, like, drug smuggling. It's like, why would those be options, even? for like character traits in society because you you implant these character traits into the people so you make them more desirable right and he just gets all these horrible ones well from... it's because he he's put on a mission by the guy that runs the cryo prison right and also like, the town right san uh Andrews right or whatever. like he's like mm-hmm. the the king of this area yeah which i've yeah. always hey, wondered is this happening outside of this is this just that area like is the rest of America just fucked? Like, and this <laughs> yeah, is just the little decimated. like oasis. Yeah, it's an interesting fact. They don't even reference that, huh? Uh, uh-uh. definitely not. Um, we have Lelina Huxley's character, which I mentioned before, but there's the entomology of her name. Um, it's Lenina is boy in Irish from the Irish name Lennon, meaning lover. Ironic because she's the love interest of our character, but it's a male name. And I have a sneaking suspicion that Sandra Bullock once was a man. Really? I don't go down the route of all female actresses or trannies, but she's got a little a little few tales that are going on that I question whether she's a, a natural, traditional woman. Oh, in real life? Not in the movie. In real life. In real life. Really? I always thought she yeah. was so hot. Yeah, well, they do it very bonus. well. I think they've been, if they have been doing it, they've been doing it for a while. Huh. And they've they've gotten pretty good at it. Yeah. This, there's uh, there's a few there's a few photos and images from interviews and stuff, and there's a very defined Adam's apple going on in some of those interviews. My obvious really? one is uh, Jessica Biel. What? Mm. So are Jessica there any Biel's actresses? Got, she, her, she can palm a fucking basketball. Like she has got <laughs> massive hands, dude. <laughs> she has got these giant. Freaking like six foot six freaking black dude hands. They're fucking Jeez. huge. And she's got a really big Adam's apple. So when the whole tranny thing came out and somebody was like, Jessica Beale, and I was like, fuck yeah, definitely. Like, I've seen those big ass hands. Weird. <laughs> Are there any actresses that either one of you guys think is attractive? Uh, actresses? I mean, I think they all can be in their own right, right? Like, I mean. I'm not I, saying I'm a- like go and cheat on your wife. I'm just saying like from like your idea, like, sure. is she, is, are there hot ones? Of course. Well, name a couple. I want to see. I'd go, like, who's I'd not go Margot Robbie. I'd say she's a pretty shit actress, but she's pretty hot. Okay. Yeah, fair. Um, and you just saw that Barbie movie too, so that's fresh. I did see that Barbie. Yeah, it's very fresh. <laughs> it's fresh, and that's why you said it. <laughs> okay. So that's um, one for Bob. What I mean, you got because I like they can't all be trans, is what I'm getting at. Well, no, no even oh, definitely are, not. But I think they, they might be the odd one. Attractive, you know. Ask people that go to freaking Bangkok; they can definitely make. Attractive sure. lady boys. If they can do it over there, we can do it here. 
Right. Huh. Okay. Made in America. Right. It's all better over here. <laughs> Even the trannies, I guess. But I mean, Bob, <laughs> like, is there an actress that you think is attractive? I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this. Yeah. I mean, my wife doesn't like me saying, but Anna Kendrick, I think, is oddly attractive. Who's that? Uh, she's a small time actor. She was in what fucking like Glee or some shit. Okay. Um, but she's in a movie that uh is one of my favorites called Mr. Right. Okay. And it's about uh, a, a hitman that tries to correct his Oh, ways. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's got Sam right. Rockwell in it. Super badass movie. Love Okay. Movie. What about you, Ryan? Oh, for me, I mean, there, there's a lot, dude. I think, oh, Anna Kendrick, she's in uh, Scott Pilgrim too. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Okay, yeah. um, I like uh, Lindsay Fonseca a lot. Uh, big fan of her. And then, uh, I mean, there's a lot, like I said. But if I had to go with one, Lindsay Fonseca's bad, dude. I don't know who that is. I mean, I can show you guys, but <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to continue with yeah, the breakdown. Yeah. All right. Have I'll to blur quickly. This out. I'll quickly go through the last two. Edgar Friendly, who's the leader of like the resistance group of the people living underground, like mole rats. Uh, so Edgar Friendly comes from the old English word meaning wealthy spear, uh, and the word friendly meaning people who are kind, caring, as we know the meaning of that word. So Edgar is a spear in the side of the establishment. His wealth lies in his personality of freedom and caring for the common man, the scraps. So his name just epitomizes his character of being the guy who is an affront to the current establishment by while being the caring, nice guy of this future. We then jump to our main protagonist of the entire film, uh, outside of Phoenix, Dr. Raymond Cocteau. Uh, Cocteau is German in origin, meaning protecting hands, and the modern understanding of Cocteau means jerk or asshole. Cocteau is presented as the audience as a caring leader for the new age who saves society from violence and fear. In reality, he has controlling hands over society because he's the one that's manipulated the events of the future. How many world leaders are there like this? Exactly. I mean, Bill Gates like jumps out right away. Bill Gates is, is this cocktail dude. Oh, well he's dead now. So generally you just have to be careful. (laughs) <laughs> i mean it's just nuts dude it's it's it really is a really good breakdown of uh of of society man because yeah and and he's the one that that offers to take uh stallone and bullock to taco bell right after he after he supposedly saves him right yeah and he's yeah. like let's go to taco bell pizza hut so pizza hut in some versions taco bell in others what? yeah because we have we have pizza hut here it's not taco bell what yeah, yeah, I saw that, but they they are owned by the same company. It's Yum Brands. That and KFC is all under one Wait. umbrella. Taco Bell, Whoa. KFC. Your the- demolition man has has Pizza Hut. Pizza Pizza Hut. Hut mm-hmm. Yeah, as the one that won the the restaurant the food wars. wars. Really? Yep. Has Pizza Hut. It's so bad. It's dubbed over, and you can say them go Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah. And then when they hold up that cup. So for people that don't know. There, you know, in the future, there's this franchise food war, and Taco Bell wins out. But apparently, in a, in the Australian version, maybe some other like out of country, out of the U.S. versions, it's all Pizza Hut. Because I did see that, and you know, you'll you'll see, you know, when people are essentially, it seems like any crime that is going on, it's going on because people can't eat and they're hungry, and right. that's who's committing the crimes, right? So when they when Stallone ends up busting somebody later in the movie for for doing some shit, I don't know what it was. 
he holds up in the American version a Taco Bell like top ranch dressing or something. Yeah. Yeah, some weird shit. Yeah. And then and then in in your version it would be a Pizza Hut thing. Same exact thing, it's just different logos and they're all the same company though. In real life. Interesting. Interesting. Very. All right, Bob, you started off a, a perfect introduction to this film. You keep it going, mate. All right, so like like the movie starts with LA on fire, like this fucking chaos and shit. And Stallone is flying in over the city uh, in a helicopter. Remember when they used to let commercial airlines land in this town? Yeah. Well, I don't understand where we're going or why the hell we're bothered anyhow. You're doing a good deed. Want to give us a better reason? Yeah. A maniac hijacked a municipal bus with 30 passengers on it. That's a pretty good reason. And I got a real bad hunch where those passengers are and where that maniac is. You want to share it with us? Phoenix. Simon Phoenix. And there, he's he's trying to find Simon Phoenix, right? And there's uh, this big-ass building that he's in. And so he goes down to get into the building, and then you see Simon Phoenix. He's in the checkered jacket, striped pants. Um and he ends up blowing up the building, right? Like he has a switch or something blows up the building. Apparently he was holding a bunch of people hostage. Um, and Stallone was trying to get it. Phoenix blows the building up. They run out and they both end up going to jail. And it's because they find the bodies. And so Stallone is uh, held accountable for those people being killed. Uh, you notice that weird. the cop, the cop asks, "How do you know that the the um that the people weren't in the building?" He goes, "I did a full thermal sweep of the entire building from the air. There wasn't anyone inside. Yeah. That technology was in its bare infancy in the military at that time, and they were telling us about it in this film." Damn it, John! I'm tired of this demolition man shit. You are not supposed to come down here. You are not supposed to attempt the arrest of Phoenix single-handed. And you are not supposed to blow anything up. It's not me this time, Healy. He dumped the gas and rigged the place to blow. Yeah, right. You had nothing to do with it. Now, I know you've been trying to nail this cycle for two years. But try remembering a little thing called official police procedure. So where are the hostages? They're not here. What do you mean they're not here? They must have stashed them someplace else. So how do you know they weren't in there? Are you sure? Because I did a thermal check and there was only eight of them. All part of his game. Wrong again. <laughs> hey, you got something to say, scumbag? <laughs> Get him out of here. Oh, 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 you and I are going to have a nice long chat. Captain, oh, Over here. The body's everywhere. There must be 20 or 30. They're everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. now you can, do, you can do a body signature sweep of buildings from like 30,000 feet. I think they had it back then too. Well, you end up finding out some shit about that whole situation too, right? I don't know if it's giving it away or anything, but like, you know, he's right. He was sweeping and there was no, there was no one else alive in there at the time when he went in there and and tried to get uh, Phoenix. Yep. And it's because they were already dead. We find it out later in the building. I'm sure everybody can put two and two together that those were probably already dead. Um, And, and Spartan is sentenced to 70 years. Right, he's not he's supposed to go out for parole until twenty forty six, um, and while he's in there, what they do is they they alter your memory, like like Ryan said, they start putting 
characteristics into you that will make you a more docile person if and when you get out. Do you know what it's uh, called? Synaptic suggestion. Okay. And that's the terminology that the inventors of the television in advertising used when advertising was big in the 50s. Synaptic suggestion. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. It's all programming, right? One way or another. Um, and then uh, it jumps to like 2032. That's present time in this movie is 2032. And so we we come onto this this scene in the in the newer times where everything is very centrally controlled. Like we are in the utopian or the dystopian future of complete control, but it's painted as perfect instead of chaos, right? Like Robocop is a police state situation, but it's all chaos. So it's almost it's almost the exact opposite of Robocop as far as settings. And the opposite from the beginning, right? And to your point earlier, right. it's San Diego, San Andreas, and Los Angeles. San San Angeles, I think is what they call it, right? Yeah. And we don't know if it's just this area or if it's the entire world and they're separate areas. That's what's really strange. I didn't even think about that. Because um, it's almost like uh, Escape from New York or Escape from L.A. Right. in the beginning. Yeah, right? I thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like what's so. going on outside of this area? We don't know. It never really alludes to what's going on. Yeah, they talk zero it. about that. You, it's almost like the cocteau or whatever his name is is uh the president right like but he's it seems right. like it realistically is just like a governor or mayor but he might be the damn president that might be like the last of society really right like a capital city type situation right with hunger games right right you know where it's it's the one big city that kind of controls everything else yeah it's super yes. advanced for its time i mean this movie came out in 93 and there's some pretty crazy technology yeah the, even the cars that they developed for it the, the skins and things they had to put over existing cars were quite on on point we introduced selena huxley which is our our main character at the start before we get introduced to john spartan in the awoken world she seems like a really bored cop like they're called peace officers in this even more than they are today and she <laughs> constantly checks in every day with the cryocons because the only criminals in the world have been frozen for like over 30 years Fellow greetings, Warden William Smithers. Be well, Lieutenant Lenina Huxley. As it is a beautiful Monday morning, and as my duty log irrationally requires it, I'm hereby querying you on the prison population update. Does the tedium continue? Your earnest questioning is as amusing as it is irrelevant. The prisoners are ice cubes. They never move. I find this lack of stimulus to be truly disappointing. Don't you think? I try not to. However, you're young. Think all you want. Things don't happen anymore. We've taken care of all that. I'll fiber off you back after the morning parole hearings. Have a peachy day, Lieutenant. Be well. Be well. And she checks in daily to see if they've broken out. And it just so happens that the day she checks in with the warden, who tells her that the, the times of violence are over, like we we deal we dealt with that. We got rid of violence years ago. You don't have to worry. Right. Suddenly it happens on that day. They just yeah. happen to bust out. She needs to go play the lottery ticket. Dude. She is like that kind of like the typical white girl, too. She's infatuated with old crime. Like, she's very, very, like, she's obsessed almost. With, and she with has to old really everything. See... Yeah, mm-hmm. old old ways of life, right? But yeah. it seems like specifically what I noticed, at least, was crime. 
Um, because you know how, how, you know, women especially really love crime. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, uh, I mean, she's got some very suggestive lines in here, some stuff that I thought was kind of hot to hear her say where she really doesn't like, uh, the lack of stimulus. I like that. I, I, it kind of got me excited when she said that. So she's an interesting character in this, dude. What kind of woman doesn't want to be stimulated? I I don't know. Apparently, a lot Andrew, of women. Young this time. Sandra Bullock was good, man. Like this love potion number nine while you were sleeping. Like that dude she was, was hot. a good actress back then. <laughs> I don't think she's That's a good looking dude. <laughs> you got to show me these pictures with her with an Adam's apple. <laughs> I will for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I will. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so this is going on. She's talking to the to the the warden, and he says the quote that um, these things don't happen anymore. We've taken care of all of that. At the same point, we see Edgar Friendly, who's our little chud person living underground. He's got a little pop-up camera that pops up through the ground like a periscope, and he's looking at all the, the food vans driving around. That's it. Food, glorious food. There'll be another one in about 12 hours. These assholes are nothing if not predictable. God, I love to hate this place. There's not enough of us, Friendly. That doesn't really matter anymore, does it, Carl? People are hungry. We got nothing left to lose. And he says to his people, people hungry and we've got nothing left to lose. And he's oh, but we can't go up there, Edgar. It's dangerous. So it's the whole idea of starving people are going to be pushed to a limit and they're going to do what they need to survive. Sure. Definitely. All right. Yeah. Um, what happens next, Bob? You keep going. All right, so... Um, we're seeing all of this and, and, and the, the event that kind of starts telling you what's going to happen is there's a parole hearing for Simon Phoenix. Like he's being, he's been brought up for parole and why they do this is so silly. Um, they thaw him out, right? Um, so he can have his parole hearing. Um, and as he's, the the judge, the guy that runs the cryo prison, who is the warden and the judge guy, um, he tells Simon, like, this is going to be quick. You're going to be back on ice in no time, you know, and he's um, he's reading things off that Simon Phoenix had done, and Simon starts repeating him in in Spanish and I think some other languages as well. 29 years ago, the parole system as you know it was rendered obsolete. Rendered obsoleto. Federal statute 537-29. Stop it! And it's starting to irritate him. And to where the guy's getting agitated as he's reading and he keeps doing it. And then he somehow, he says, like, a magic word, and everything unlocks. Do you have anything fresh to say on your behalf? I thought not. Yeah, I do. Teddy bear. Teddy bear. He's able, teddy bear. Teddy bear. That's why that's written there. Which is like, what the <laughs> he wrote that down. Why the fuck did I write Teddy Bear write in my notes? Teddy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, weird too. That word. I mean, that because of you know, uh, you hear people talking about like that bear symbolism and what Teddy Bears represent in MK Ultra and shit. It's kind of an odd coincidence, we'll say for right, now that he's that been they programmed. 
Yeah. Right. That's a nod to his programming. Yep. And how he's been programmed for, for violence, Mm -hmm. you know, likes a lot of those NK ultra, you know, Ted Kaczynski types that, that have gone through it. So he says teddy bear and he like fucking kills everybody and gets out really Uh, quickly. He dispatches them quite fast, quite quickly. um, And we, we learn that there's a reason behind that, right? Like we've already spoken on it. He's, He's had this programming that has happened to him. So he's gotten stronger, faster, you know, more skilled over the time that he's been frozen, quote unquote. So he gets out this fucking super badass and just is able to fuck people up. Um, And they start, you know, ever since everything's monitored, everybody's heart rate, everything is monitored. So when somebody dies, they get an immediate notification of it. And so they start getting the MDK-187 code, which is murder, death, kill. Identify code 187. MDK. Murder, death, kill, murder, death, kill, murder, death, kill. Murder, death, kill. Last recorded offense, September 25th. Murder, death, kill. Murder, death, kill. I love murder, death, kill. (laughs) It's a good band name. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, and they haven't had that, a murder since 2010. So, so what, 22 years? It's been 22 years since the last murder death kill. <laughs> and and they lowjacked everyone. Every single person has a chip in them that tracks them wherever they go. Like the RFID shit, that, yeah. and it's in their hand too. Like yep. usually, like we see it like between your thumb and your index, but it seems like it's just at the very top of their hand in this, if I'm remembering correctly. And it flashes, I think, too. Yeah, this yeah, it is, does. And this, this is, is where we get a- Simon Phoenix running wild. Now he's escaped the prison. They're tracking him through his his implant. Well, and like and CCTV see, as well. Yeah, like yeah, like CCTV everywhere. And they're tracking everywhere he goes. He kills a couple more people in the parking lot, steals a car. And this is when we find out that Simon Phoenix has a message in his in his um, subconscious that he needs to go kill Edgar Friendly. Isn't there mm. something you should be doing? You've got to go find someone, Edgar Friendly, kill Edgar Friendly. So we know that there's more going on. He wasn't just released under his own accord. Which is weird because this does go back to that thing where it's like, isn't there more threats to the deep state, which is what, forget, what is this guy's name, Cocteau or Cocteau? Cocteau. Cocteau. He represents the deep state in my mind, and there are, you would think, bigger threats to them than someone like Friendly. And Friendly is just trying to live out freedoms, like live, like if you want to eat butter, eat butter, because butter's not allowed, right? If you want to drink alcohol, if you want to smoke cigarettes, you want to do all that shit, do it. I, I think I think the underlying message here is that this um what looks like on its surface a very well maintained kept together society uh, yeah society it is all on like it it'll flip it's barely being held together and you can't and I think the underpinning the underlying thing here is that when you control people to that level it's only a matter of time before they're going to revolt. Like you can't hold yeah. this shit together. They're all suppressed and they all traded freedom for safety. Right. And this is why, you know, this guy that represents freedom over safety is the worst threat to our Bill Gates archetype or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or, or the Klaus Schwab's of the world. That's what this ruler 
in this movie, this cocktail dude represents. And, and I think like friendly represents people on a, on a, you know, lower scale, people like us, you know what I mean? Sure. Like where we're yep. just, you know, we're, we don't want to go along with that agenda. Um, yep. Not just the three of us here, but all kinds of people that listen to us too, where it's like, yeah, I don't mind. I don't smoke cigarettes, but I'll smoke a cigarette knowing that it's unhealthy because I want to do that. It helps me cope with stress. Um, I'll have sex unprotected because it's, you know, condoms suck things like that. And that's what these people, they, they don't in this society, they don't want that. It's yeah. all about safety and you're safest in a prison cell. You know what I mean? So that's where I these people are kind of living. Prison. You I, don't even know you're in. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I would much rather <clears throat> have the risk than uh, the, the perception of safety. And I I'll take my risky freedom. Thank right. you very much. Well, that was one thing, you know, I've been uh, arguing with people for months now on fucking Instagram because these people are just crazy about like the drunk driving thing, like arresting people for driving safely when they're drunk, I think is is, is authoritarian, dude. I think it's a slippery slope. Now, that's a debate I don't want to get into. I've mentioned it many, many times in the last couple months, but it's just it's wild to me how quick people I are like, no, the, the state says this and we have to we have to follow. It's like, man, you're, you're just like they're going to tell you some crazy shit later and you're just going to follow along because it's a slow burn. Yeah. Coming back to our film, this is where Simon Phoenix is now at a computer terminal and he's trying to find out um, things about the world and he's typing and his fingers start going nuts and he goes, holy shit, I'm possessed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like how much of it is synaptic suggestion and, and how much can we consider AI? Because yeah, you would assume it's an controlled. AI system that's completely controlling him. Is it he just a vessel for the AI uh, attack that... Um, cocktail has put in place or does he actually have control of it so he's there he's hacking it and this is when they send the police after him for the second time maniac is imminent request advice with a firm tone of voice demand maniac lie down with hands behind back simon phoenix lie down with your hands behind your back what's this Six of you, such nice, tidy uniforms. Oh, I'm so scared. What, you guys don't have sarcasm anymore? Maniac has responded with a scornful remark. Approach and repeat ultimatum in an even firmer tone of voice. Add the words, or else. Simon Phoenix! <sighs> Lie down on the ground, or else! <laughs> it's almost like a cartoonish level of where cops are today where when they feel threatened their their first reaction is shoot the dude especially if he's black <laughs> it seems like in the united states shoot the guy you know um yeah man it, this is this is definitely like just kind of this society that we're in right now just you know 10 20 years in the future even the way he fights these guys he's running rings around them at one point one guy runs to punch him he jumps out of the way and says ole and does the matador <laughs> type of move right then throws him through the windshield of a car. It gets to the point where he, he think he dispatches all these cops, kills the ones that are there, more murder death kills. And then he runs over to one of these, these futuristic cars and he gets a glow rod or a halo rod, whatever they call their batons. And he opens up the, the gas point of this car, which is you assume is a battery operated car. And he turns it on and the fusion core erupts and explodes. Well, that was just preeminentating the, the, lithium batteries of scooters and cars today we see catching on fire right 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 yep. yeah dude 
nuts. Yeah, just showing how easy it is to blow up a fucking car. <laughs> ah, boom. So this this results in all this violence and mayhem going on. They're forced to kind of unfreeze uh, or thaw out um, John Spartan to catch the guy because he's the only cop in the time that could have caught um, Phoenix in the original timeline. So they get him here. And when he comes out, he's just not dealing with the way the world is. He gets quite agitated and irritated to the point where he starts cussing and swearing. Like he's talking to his old friend, the black guy who's the old pilot, who used to be a kid. And in the future now, he's the old man. Exactly. He's like, oh, they gr- yeah, oh, they grounded me. I can't fly anymore. And he goes, shit, you're a good pilot. You were just being given one violation of the moral statute code. So he gets all these codes start coming up. And then one of the characters comes up to him and says, enhance your calm, John Spartan. Enhance your calm? I love that threat. Enhance your calm. Enhance Ooh, your calm. That's a nice uh, new age term. The new phrase. age term say, shut the fuck up. Enhance yeah. your calm, John Spartan. Enhance your calm. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Just to be and a total where, douche. Yeah. And this is where the sh- seashells come into it. He uh he goes to the bathroom and he goes over and he goes, oh, I don't know if you know, but you're out of toilet paper. And Rob Schneider's laughing. He does toilet paper? Oh, yes. They used to use little wads of paper to wipe their behinds. And they all start <laughs> laughing. He doesn't know how to use the three shells. <laughs> and they and never explain so it. They never explain it throughout the entire film. So he walks over to the the moral statute code and starts calling it an ass licking, but fucking just all manner of slurs. And then just keeps the paper coming out and he go, what he wipes his ass with tickets, which I think is hilarious because how many people get tickets from the police and they say, I'm going to wipe my ass with this. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about it like that. That's pretty good though. And so supposedly for the record, the way that you're supposed to use the shells, according to Stallone and according to some research that I did on this, you take the two shells, you pinch your, your, the bulk of whatever's left between your ass, you pinch that with the two shells, throw that in the toilet, and then you take the last remaining shell and you scoop whatever's left and throw that in the toilet. So you still flush the shells and you set the three, you set, I don't know if there's more shells somewhere, but you take more shells and put them back in that spot. Um, <laughs> how did the three seashells work in Demolition Man? Well, without getting too gross, Imagine how chopsticks work and use your imagination from there. Seems like a great way to get shit under your fingernails. I mean, it seems like a horrible thing for your septic tank if you got one of those like (laughs) I do, too. Yeah. What an awful situation. Yeah. Yeah. How is that better? I don't understand how that's better. Uh, I don't know. I I may have to do some research to find out what it really... is it like some acoustical vibration that cleans your ass? <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out some kind of like symbolism that could be within that. And I just couldn't really find anything. Like I wasn't looking for hours or anything, yeah. but it was just like, I mean, like, why not rocks? Um, that was one thing like my mom said when when the uh, toilet paper crisis was going on. It's like, why was it toilet paper? Like you can wipe your hand or you can you use your hand. You can use a rock. I mean, you can use anything to wipe your ass. Why did toilet paper go first? You know what I mean? Obviously, you'd wash your hands. I see you making a face, Bob. You don't just, you know, <laughs> you don't just run around after you wipe your ass with your hand. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, stink it was one of those. Them. Yeah. It's <laughs> a weird stink thing. Palms. Stink palm. That's your new nickname. Stink palm. <laughs> I've been called worse. Moral stink so, palm, Bob. 
So they, they ask, they, they jump into there trying to figure out what uh, Phoenix is going to do. And they ask the AI, what's the probability of um, Phoenix committing crime? And it comes down to he's going to start a new drug ring and start selling his, his, uh, his illegal wares and goods. And he's like, oh, that's a great fucking idea, genius. He's not doing that. He's going for a gun. He wants a fucking gun. And like you said, Ryan, the only place where you can find guns are in museums. And it's in the place called the Hall of Violence. Yeah. <laughs> Another good band name, by the way. There's some Phenomenal. good ones. The Hall of Violence. And he just goes in there, picks up a loaded gun basically behind glass, and he's good to go. Yeah, he, he starts punching the, the, the like the plexiglass and it won't break. And then this guy comes up and says, What seems to be your boggle? You are now entering the armory exhibit. You will find display. Oh. So sorry. Various Didn't weapons see you there. used for violent life termination <laughs> in wars and urban disturbances hey. oh. of the 19th and 20th centuries. Oh, shit. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. <laughs> yes. Now, this is what I'm talking about. How do you get in here? Hey, hey, you gotta wait that 15 day waiting period? Or can I just like take one now? Mellow greetings. What seems to be your boggle? My boggle? How much do you weigh? Well, I happen to weigh 50. Flurries him through the fucking glass and then takes all his shit he wants. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. That's almost the second best gun purchasing or grabbing scene other than Commando. You know, in Commando, when he goes through and takes all the firearms? Yeah. This one's just below it. I remember (laughs) watching Commando as a kid and going, man, I want to go to a gun store and just take whatever I want. It'd be amazing. It'd be sick, dude, if you could just grab shit. Yeah, just I'll have this and this and this. And this rocket launcher, because that's something gun stores had back then, I guess. Back in Commando? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, not here. Yeah, <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen a rocket launcher. No, but apparently in Commando times, in wherever that movie was based, L.A. or New York or some shit. You're really l- ruining the illusion of America in the 80s for me, if that's not true. <laughs> I know. We had I, automatic five. We had, we had automatics. I don't. Maybe there was rocket launchers back then. I don't know. I mean, you could buy anything if you know the right guy. You know what I mean? Like one of my friends has a grenade. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there's shit like that out there, but it's not just readily available for people. <laughs> got to go to the dark web. Is that where I you still go? Don't know how to go there? That's where I know. I can't free shells from. <laughs> yeah, um, dude, I can't even figure it out how to log onto that shit. So they they go to the museum, right? Mm. And uh. Stallone and and uh, Simon Phoenix have their first like meetup after the fact, like after they got frozen. Yeah, their first face off. Yeah, um, and Simon Phoenix says to uh, John Spartan, "Such a brave new world." <laughs> while they're fighting, and mm. where are they fighting in a zoned off exact like? frozen in time part of LA or San Angeles or whatever it was back then. It's a completely walled off section of the past. So they're back in the past fighting each other in in the present air quotes. And this is where we see that Magna gun 
in use for the first time. He's waiting for it to kind of charge the whole time. So they're fighting, they're shooting at each other. We actually see some of um, Wesley Snipes' real-life um, martial arts training. He had to slow down each of his kicks, punches, and roundhouses because Stallone was too slow for him. In the Did film, you read that, to... or were you just yeah. observing that? Really? Yeah. yeah. You could tell it slowed down, and he, t- he talks about it in the director's cut that he had to slow down all his moves so they could fit it into the shots. That's so funny, dude. He was supposed to fight Joe Rogan in a UFC match, like in the in the octagon. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you know. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes versus uh, versus Joe Rogan was supposed to happen. Joe Rogan's talked about it like many times. It would actually, I mean, it'd be a hell of a lot better than the Zuckerberg versus Musk thing. I'll tell you that right now. A, a couple fucking percent. nerds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These dudes that could actually fight. Now, who would you put it down to winning though? Snipes or Rogan? Rogan for sure. Whoever's taller. Uh, now, if it happened, Rogan, but whoever would be taller, because it sounds like, you know, Wesley Snipes has some kind of striking training. I don't know if he's like very well versed on the ground, but I know Rogan has been working, you know, jujitsu and shit with Eddie Bravo and stuff like that. And then it looks like he was a, uh, was it Kung Fu or some shit? I forget what he did, like a striking, maybe like Taekwondo. I think it was Taekwondo, um, which isn't that good Taekwondo itself, but like when you pair it with other shit, it's pretty pretty helpful so it'd be tough man i'd have to see where the lines come out with the betting odds okay super random question if you could pick one fighting style what would it be are we talking like, like any kind of fighting fire, style best fighting style wrestling yeah if i could be this the best the very best wrestler in the world that is what i would do yeah for I'd sure krav maga krav maga dance fighting fuck yeah dude oh capoeira is that what you're talking yeah, I'd about? Brazilian da- I'd go the Brazilian dance fighting. That's capoeira. Yeah, capoeira. <laughs> capoeira is pretty dope, dude. There's actually a dude fighting Brazil. this weekend that does capoeira, backflip kicks and shit. But that's actually that's actually what we see out of Wesley Snipes. We see the idea that his character has been downloaded with that many fighting styles in hand to hand combat. That he has Bruce Lee's style of um, of martial arts. He does some of the hand movements Bruce Lee did. And then it jumps into a couple of other fighting styles throughout that movie. So he's been downloaded with all these techniques. Interesting. Yeah, man, that's wild. It, it is funny too that, the, like, again, that those are even options for these new peaceful citizens. Like, yeah, there's criminals going in here. Let's give uh, the cop knitting, and then let's give the criminal, you know, <laughs> fucking perfect shooting, you know, taekwondo, capoeira, all this stuff, and uh, let's see what happens when they face off. And you said something there, and I have a note here. They called everybody citizen instead of sir or ma'am. Interesting. It was just citizen. That non-binary, you know, citizen. You can't misgender anybody that way. Right? No. And this is where we have, so their fight kind of fizzles out, and we have Simon Phoenix. He escapes, and he runs away. But at that time, he runs into um, Quacto, the the leader of this new world. Our noble facility has been desecrated by hooligans. Someone will pay dearly for this. Sir, the stress breeder is inside being demobilized as we speak. Shit! Ah, being frozen must have thrown my aim off. Don't worry, I'll get you with the next shot. I don't think so. <laughs> no kiss kiss, no bang bang. 
And you were doing so well. Now, don't you have a job to do? Huh? Isn't there a thought repeating in that barbaric brain of yours? The name Friendly. Mr. Edgar Friendly. Don't you have someone to kill? Yeah, I do. Excellent. Then go and do your job. And he shoots at him a couple times and misses. And he doesn't know why he did. He goes, oh, shit, I missed. Well, you're not going to miss this one. And he pulls the gun to his head. And he can't seem to pull the trigger. And his hand mm. starts to hesitate and shake. And this is when he says, no kiss, kiss, no bang, bang. In a very gay, faggoty way. <laughs> which kind of goes back to who the character is in, in the novelization of this. In the novelization of the book, what he does to people who work under him is he castrates them. So they can't be a threat to him. He makes eunuchs of all his little offsiders. So that big fat guy in the Moomoo, the sissy, yeah, he's a eunuch yeah. in the movie. Wow. I mean, that makes sense. His balls were cut off. Yeah. Now, did you read this book? I read elements of it, yes. So I've got a couple of um, PDF versions of it. Interesting. So I can't find a physical copy. But yeah, the novelization of books, of films, give you a bit more insight into what's going on with characters. But yeah, he, he castrates people in like he's... he's um, serving office to make sure that they can't take over from him, which seems very uh, medieval, what warlords used to do to make sure people would never try to usurp your power. Right. That's what we do for when we have dogs and stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Like, neuter him. This new puppy I got still has his balls and he's just a menace. Yeah. Is that the <laughs> blind too- one? He's, no, he's deaf. Deaf. <laughs> Is that the fucking blind one? No, he's uh, he's deaf, dude. He's uh, he's a cutie though. Yeah, dude. If it's a, would you say corgi and Australian shepherd? Australian shepherd corgi. They call him Augies. Dude, that sounds like a pretty <laughs> rad fucking dog. I bet that's yeah, a he's, cool looking dog. Yeah, his neck and head are as long as his body. Yeah. So he looks like a like a chupacabra <laughs> or something. But he's cute, a cute chupacabra. All right. His name's Cash, for anyone out there that's interested. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so we've got this scene where we, he figures... We start to, we're starting to get an insight into who the voice was inside Phoenix's head. We now know it's Quacto. And he set up the, the whole situation of the escape and the programming. And we see that Simon Phoenix has to run away now because John Spartan's on his tail and he goes down the, the sewers. Venus! Shit! Saved by the bell. Shit! At this point, Kotto says to him, Oh, you saved my life. I don't know what I can do to repay you. How about I ask you out to dinner tonight at Taco Bell? John Spartan, welcome. Now, in honor of your arrival and your protection of the sanctity of human life, namely my own, <laughs> I would like to invite you to join me to dinner tonight. The both of you. Please, I insist. I would like you to accompany me to Taco Bell. Look forward to it. Thank you. Or Pizza yeah. Hut, depending on your part of the world. And John Spartan seems really confused that that's the place they go out for dinner. And we soon find out that there was a restaurant chain war where the only one company that came out on top was Taco Bell for some reason. 
So, what's with this cocteau guy anyway? He says I saved his life, which I'm not even sure I did, and my reward is dinner and dancing at Taco Bell. I mean, hey, I like Mexican food, but come on. Your tone is quasi-facetious, but you do not realize that Taco Bell was the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars. So? So? Now all restaurants are Taco Bell. No way. Which you kind of see now because it's really, it's only one entity or corporation that owns multiple franchises. And at what point are they just going to say the franchises are too much and we're going to consolidate everything into one? Like, yeah. when is that point going to happen? I, I see it. I don't think it'll ever happen because they they want us to have the illusion of choice. Um, right. Every Everything's owned by one group now, right? Like, it's all a couple groups, much, yeah. Yeah. And those groups play with each other. So, you know, it's basically controlled by one group of people. There may just be kind of separate sects where they do different things different black rock and vanguard and shit like that you're saying yeah yeah well, yeah pepsi and coke are owned by the same people you know so you know it could be it could come down to one group that's basically funding everything now what is interesting about this taco bell in the movie though is that there's different versions of it like there's different like there's high class taco bells where it's like fine dining but it's all the same ingredients they just set them different there's more of like the traditional taco bell where it's like the shit stew like the soupy tacos and stuff that you get from the regular taco bell i mean i'm a big fan of the mexican pizza i'll never say anything bad about that but their tacos are shit i will say um is that just an allegory for what mexican food is in general because i see mexican food as like the origami of the food world it's just whatever however you fold it changes the type of food it is almost but but i mean mexican food goes so much <laughs> it goes so far like way way beyond what like the americanized version of it is mexican food is the best type of food I, and no one can convince me otherwise but the shit that we do here and like the western cultures and shit yeah it's like ground beef taco ground beef enchilada ground beef burrito ground beef chimmy you know what i mean yeah. uh the, you know the crunch the ingredients presented differently yeah taco bell's got nine ingredients and they just throw them in different orders and put presented <laughs> in a different vessel and that's what it is but there was fine dining uh, versions of Taco Bell in Demolition Man where it's like they do the the decorative sauce and like the cheese foam instead of, you know, whatever yeah, it's, cheese it's, they got. It's these little bitty portions, right? When they put right. it down in front of them, it's these tiny little little things where it's it's not about the eating of the food, really. It's the do you notice the, the song they're playing on the piano in the background? Because all the classic songs in the future are advertisements now, which is very odd. They're singing the Jolly Green Giant. Welcome to Taco Bell. Enjoy your meal, sir. Garden in the valley. Valley of the Jolly Green Giant. (laughs) Good things from the garden. Garden in the valley. Valley of the Jolly Green Giant. Oh, yeah. On the piano. A green being representative of change and rebirth. And the giant being, you know, it could be linked to the Nephilim or someone giant in stature and giant in what they do. And we know that John John Spartan is a giant in this world because he can use violence. Right. Interesting. Yeah, dude, that's wild. That's intriguing. Good connection. Uh, And this is where we see the scraps come out. So the scraps, the mole people, the Mad Max looking people who look like the biggest badasses in the world, they come out to raid Taco Bell. 
And we soon find out that they're just as weak and ineffective as the the citizens on the surface world. They just look cool. John Spartan goes out and he traps most of them, catches a few of them, um, clotheslines a guy off a motorbike, all that fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and he saves the day from what the, the modern world considers to be the dregs of society, tampering their beautiful, brave new world. But he soon realizes that it's people who are hungry. They're looking for food. And he makes a throwaway comment towards um, Quato that what they're doing is fascistic, that he's living in a fascist world. Yeah. He says something about, like, you know, uh, violent. He says something like, violence is never the answer. Well, sometimes it's the answer, but you never want to use violence against people that are hungry. Some corny shit like mm. that, he says, right? Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it, it, it is interesting how. Like the people that are committing crimes are just doing it because they have kind of no other choice, right? They don't want to live in a system. And so they're just trying to do what they can to get by, essentially. Right. It's like that. Um, The military has a lot of uh, open documents that you can see that they've uh, trained to go after people living in tunnels. And it's like when when I first found out about that, I was like, fuck it, demolition, man. Like the people in the tunnels, they're all in the tunnels underneath the city, uh, and the military is gonna eventually need to go after those people, and they have their whole society under that, right? Like, um, Simon Phoenix supposedly is hiding down there, and so they have to go down there to try to find him and talk to Edward Edgar Friendly to help find him. And they're doing all sorts of shit down there. There's cars and shit down there. Like, they have cars. And burgers, they're, beer. They're making, yeah, they're making rat burgers. And they got beer. Like, I was like, man, I could probably live like that. I could be into it. Like, and again, there's a fine amount of steam was, down there. What was on the top, dude? I, yeah, more steam. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, yeah, there's the no enjoyment. The designer says freaking Highlander. There's zero enjoyment for the people on top. You know what I mean? Like they feel like that's what that's what's interesting to me is finding these people that are so willing to, you know, be part of the system or whatever, but they act so happy that it's tempting to want to be in involved with that stuff, right? But it's like you know that it's just fake happiness, it's emptiness. Like even their comedy is shit. And then they, it seems like they're forcing themselves to laugh at it just because they think that that's what they're supposed to do is laugh at this joke. That's not even fucking funny at all. Yeah. They feel they have to. Right. And all that stuff. It's not just comedy. It's everything. You know, this food is good because it, you know, everyone else says it's good. So we're going to say it's good. You can't say these words because everyone else says that it's offensive. Meanwhile, no one's really offended by any of the words that people are saying. It's just for some reason, there's been some sort of like programming in these people. And we get yeah. an insight that these um, program people are actually really depressed because we see one guy take a throwaway clip of a citizen standing there talking to the AI and he says, I'm just feeling really depressed at the moment. I don't think I'm, I'm any good. And the AI says, you inspire joy, joy feelings and people around you. You're a wonderful person. Just like generic. how often people give those generic posts to each other on social media. Right. right. That's yeah, absolutely just completely true, yeah. empty um, and people are actually depressed. And they just got, like, they don't deal with it. You know Uh, what would be an interesting statistic that they didn't have in here? They didn't have a murder since 2010, but I wonder what the suicide rate was. Wouldn't that be a murder-death kill? 
still or what no? If they don't classify it. Yeah, I guess like the they they can massage those numbers, right? Yeah. Valid mm. point, Bob. Good I one. Like it. Good one. <laughs> well, rapes aren't existing because they've engineered sex out of society. Yeah, and then you have to your kids are grown in a lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, completely remove the family, right? Yep. You have to get permission to have a kid, and then your kid is grown in a lab, not in in the female body. Mm. Yeah, there's no reproduction, normal right. reproduction. Right. Yeah, population control, man. That's weird. Yeah, that's it's coming, and there's no kinda... beef. I saw that there was no beef. Just as a side note about hunger yeah. and everything. Uh, mRNA vaccines in the cattle. <laughs> That's why there's no beef. There's no beef, right? Preempting it. Did you notice that the only way that this underground society can exist is because everyone's a pacifist, right? So the only reason they that they can exist because cops can't deal with them. They're not violent. They can't go down there and arrest them and lock them up. This is why Quacto was forced to find the worst criminal in the cryo system. Lights. Nah, I've changed that. Illuminate. Deluminate. <laughs> Isn't that nicer? Go ahead, you try it. Illuminate. Ah. Raymond, Raymond, we got to talk. How did you get in? Wish I knew. I got it. Past codes, routes to secret underground kingdoms, Complete access to the industrial data grid interface. Now I don't even know what that shit means. <laughs> but I be meaning to ask you about it. Because I like it. I like it a lot. Your skills were given you for a reason. Not for your personal amusement. Your job is to kill Mr. Edgar Friendly and stop a revolution before it precipitates. That was why you were rehabilitated. All right. I'm going to do you a little destiny deed for you. But it's going to be a little bit more difficult than you thought. And I'm going to need some help. I'll need about five or six more special men. And I just so happen to have a list. You see, I wouldn't want you to defrost any of those mad dog killer types, you know what I mean? And none of them motherfuckers from New York. They're too uptight. So you're going to be the only mad dog killer type, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fine. Take care of it. Just get it over with. You're beginning to be more trouble than you're worth. Oh, Raymond, don't say that. And what do I get out of all of this? What do you want? Malibu. Santa Monica. Hell. What about all the coastal cities? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll bear it in mind. Good, I'll send you a memo. Just do your jump! What is John Spartan doing here? Huh? Did you invite him to this little party of ours? Look, you finish your business, and I'll stuff him back in the freezer. Think of him as a guarantee. A guarantee? Well, you don't have much of a guarantee. I took care of Spartan once. I'll take care of him again. 
but he gets played by Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix comes along after these encounters and says, I need a little bit of help. I've got a list of some real dangerous motherfuckers, but no one from New York. Those fuckers are too uptight. He gets a list of all these people he worked with in the past that were criminals or people he knew, and he gets them unfrozen, at which point he's telling Quacto all the things he wants to do, and he says, illuminate, every time he wants the lights on, deluminate, illuminate. He's illuminating Quacto's knowledge of the past in like a kind of a religious way, like an illuminated type of um, Luciferian type of, of a sense. Like mm. he's he's setting himself as he's got the power. He's sitting in his chair. He's got the fire by him. It's kind of the scene of he's taking power and the guy doesn't realize it. We jump forward to Phoenix in the underground now with his gang. And one of the people in his gang is Jesse Ventura. The body. Yeah, the body. Jesse Ventura is one of his his cronies. Is that just not paying attention? Jesse yep, the body, dude. He's in there. He doesn't have any speaking roles, though. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Yeah, man. And Drew, you touched on something there that Bob and I were just talking about with with this whole thing. It sounds like there is outside societies, right? Some dudes from New York, they don't want anyone from New York. So We didn't want any prisoners from New York. From New York. You know, okay. So there were people in the prison that were from New York. Oh, but from, it, not, oh, okay, I see what you're yeah, saying. Damn, right. so we still can't get a damn answer with this. Nah. Yeah, so it was like, okay. okay, I don't want any of those prisoners that are in this cryo prison. Gotcha, 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 okay. okay. So it's still kind of hard to know if there's anything outside of this, this like, giant... Metropolis. Thing. Yeah. Um, And when Dennis Leary's, uh, when Edgar Friendly is talking about um, what he thinks of the society, he said, I, I forget what it was pertaining to, but I have the quote, um, greed, deception, and abuse of power. See, according to Cato's plan, I'm the enemy because I like to think, I like to read, I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who likes to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer weed. And that's what he sees that is happening above, right? And that's why he doesn't want any part of it. And that's why I think those are the three things that are going on right now in society too, man. Well, greed, deception, abuse of power. It happens in any government structure, all government structures. It's it's just it's an innate part. Like it's just it's cooked in. When you have a power structure like that, you're gonna have, you know. What is it? Fraud, waste, and abuse is what they all, how they right. make it more palatable here. Well, it's just part, it's kind of like, uh, to your point, you know, any government's going to end like that. Dude, you could give like the three of us the power over the world and we're going to abuse it at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like there, we might say like on the surface, no, we wouldn't do that. We'd elect someone else. Dude, if someone put the three of us in charge, we would eventually abuse it. For sure, I would. I, I would. Oh, would, this shit I'd abuse right now for sure. I yeah. would. I've got free a list. Everybody, after <laughs> I gave myself like Colorado. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> so that's still abuse. You know. What so I mean? I'm like, going to take, take Colorado. <laughs> Y'all can have the rest of the world, and you're now free. Just stay the fuck oh, out of Colorado. 
I forgot about this. This is what Simon Phoenix does. Phoenix tells Quacto if he does this for him, he wants all of Los Angeles. He wants like San Diego. He wanted some kind of portion of the what's oh, left of the yeah. world. He wanted That's some right. kind of his, his own kingdom going on. And it was inside of this area. So that again yeah. leads towards there isn't anything outside of it. Mm. Yeah, nothing's left. Crazy. It's funny that he mentions Jeffrey Dahmer. Did you catch that at all? When yeah. he's at the cry prison trying to get people unfrozen, he goes, holy shit, Jeffrey Dahmer. I love that guy. But this film is set in the future and, and it was filmed in 1993 when Dahmer was still alive and 1994, right. the guy died in prison. So they had no idea that was going to happen. But interesting that they, all of all people, they choose a a man who targeted men of color and ate them. Yeah. And he loves that guy. It's like a little bit of self-loathing or something in, uh, yeah. in Simon Phoenix. Right. Maybe. Yeah, it's, well, it's the Chris Rock bit. Right? Which I love black people, but I hate niggas. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And there are those in every race. There are those people. Oh, that... We all have them, man. And we, we all, all got got to... I, I don't know why people still get upset about that. So anybody that got triggered, shut the fuck up. It's just a word. Yeah. Sometimes I just say it just for fun, just around my house, you know? Yeah. Just call my dog, my deaf dog. I I might name him that, by the way, you know? Well, he can't hear it, so he's not going to get offended. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) No, I I don't say that word, honestly. But it's just a word. No, no, I I don't, I don't hate on anybody saying it. Honestly, it's, you know, it's like you said, it is a fucking word, but dude, we used to say it a lot as, middle middle class white kids and it's like we're the last people that should be using that you know what i mean like i understand it's just a word at the end of the day but it's like oh what's up nigga it's like dude you're a white (laughs) kid with both your parents zero struggles and you're trying to relate to this because you hear it in music you know what i mean like right no you should never use it in that that way but i think we should equally not be afraid of it was the struggle your mother oh, made you eat no, vegetables? I can't, I can't say that word. That's, oh, oh you said nigger. And it's pearls. just like, dude, fucking settle down. <laughs> well, when you say the N-word, when you say actually the N-word, you're just making, like, I just made you both say that actual word in your head when I say the N-word, yeah. right? We all know what word I'm talking about. Yeah. There's this great Stop clip with your from- synaptic suggestion. Right, right. That's it, dude. There's this here. great clip from uh, American Dad where uh they're it's like a bunch of men hanging out and they're like getting away from their wives and stuff and they're like man i can't stand my wife she's a total c word oh we're all adults here i'll say it cuckoo head <laughs> I mean, it's just, dude i was like dying laughing when i heard that should i say it to my mom all the time dude it's hilarious <laughs> <Cuckoo head. laughs> well, hey, remember the freaking saturday night live skit with uh richard pryor and chevy chase all right, Mr. Wilson, you've done just fine on the Rorschach. Your papers are in good order. The file's fine. No difficulty with your motor skills. And I think you're probably pretty ready for this job. We got one more uh, kind of psychological test we always do here. It's just a word association. I'll uh, throw you out a few words. Uh, anything that comes to your mind, just throw it back at me, okay? Just kind of an arbitrary thing. Like if I said dog, you'd say... Tree. Tree. <laughs> Dog? Tree. Fast? Slow? Rain? 
Snow. White. Black. Bean. Pod. Negro. Whitey. Tar baby. What'd you say? Tar baby. Oh, Faye. Colored. Redneck. Jungle bunny. Pack of wood. Burhead. Cracker. Spear chucker. White trash. Jungle bunny. Hunker. Spade. Hunker, hunker. Nigger. Dead hunter. Good stuff. And that was on Saturday Night Live. Like, that was on, like, regular TV. And Saturday, loud Night, in the Saturday Night Live Nobody used to be good. Mind. Nobody lost their mind about it, though. Like, nobody got canceled. Like, it was, everybody just laughed. It used to be good. They used to not be afraid of uh, of hurting people's feelings, man. And that's the only way that you can make good comedy. And, um, you know, to that right. point and to why, you know, society's falling apart in this demolition movie. It's just because, like, there's always somebody at the at the butt end of any joke. Right. You know, you can't well, you can't make funny shit without hurting someone's feelings. I'm 100 percent convinced of that. So you see this woke comedy, we, dude. We, it sucks. We have the moral statutes in society already, right? We've got it at a level where there's no fines associated. Australia's are probably and Canada's ahead of the game because we have hate okay. speech laws. So essentially, it's on its way anyway. These moral yep. statutes where you can't say ro- things that are hurtful or think things that are wrong. You can't have wrong think. What this movie presented is slowly happening. It's just sure. a matter of time, right? Right. Yeah, man. To your point too, Canada. Uh, I'm not sure if Canada or Australia is worse. You might know more about that, Drew. But like, I I know I see the shit that you post about. You know, your uh, I don't know if it's the premier or the prime minister, or whoever it is. The that premier. That dude... Yeah. Okay. So yeah, my uh, lovely friend Daniel. I love you, Daniel. My best yeah, friend. big. Big friend of uh, the uh, Missing the Point podcast, I'm sure, but it's uh, it's just wild. This fly is a menace, dude. I'm I'm not swiping at you guys. I'm trying to get this damn fly away, but dude, it, it's wild that there's certain places, and and they are in the West, like you know Canada, Australia, New Zealand. I don't know how crazy New Zealand is, but you even see stuff with like uh, England and the United Kingdom. Like there's some wild, wild shit. And it's actually as crazy as it is in the U.S. It seems a little bit less tyrannical, which is crazy to say, because I feel like it's we had it seemed like more freedoms 20, 30, 40 years ago before I was even around. Um, And so it seems like even though it's worse for other Western countries, we're changing the most over here, I think, if that makes sense. It's just changing quicker and quicker here it's getting exposed, right? Like, I think it's been really bad here for a while, and, like, the veil was still kind of over everybody's eyes, and now the veil is just being lifted. I mean, it's just people are pointing out how tyrannical this place is, and everybody's like, oh, shit. And so it seems like it's changing, but it's it's just in the open now. Maybe. But they've been tiptoeing it so well that people haven't even noticed. It's that tiptoe oh, yeah. tyranny that Buckley says a lot yeah. on um, The Wicked Planet. He says that nearly every show, the tiptoe to tyranny, it exists and it exists well, for a reason. Uh, so you don't notice it happening. The quote that I always give is um, Jordan Peterson. He's like, Look, if I want to move you backwards, 
I'm going to push you back until you protest. And then I'm going to stop and I'm going to chill for a little bit. And then I'm going to start pushing you backwards until you protest. And then I'm going to stop and I'm going to pull back a little bit. And then I'm going to push you backwards until you protest. And then I'm going to stop and chill a little bit. And before you know it, you're three miles from where you started. And that's, that's what it is. It's just this little, and that's why when you ask like, why do they show us this movie? It's because this is putting the bar way up here. And so when they put something in place here, we don't mind it as much. And then they do it again with something more and something more. And then eventually all our freedoms are gone and they're locking down our businesses and telling us we can't leave the house. Yeah, man. No, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, I was asking you just to see what you thought about that, but I, I 100% am right there with you. Like, I think that that is absolutely what it is. The predictive programming that was perfectly in sync. You guys both itched opposite ears at the same time. It's beautiful. It's you know, that, that ginger connection. Suggestion. You know how you can yeah. take a twin into another room yeah. and do something Stab to the it. other twin yeah. and they'll feel it or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, uh, gingers are like that. Yeah, I was gonna every say, ginger it's, 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 in the world. It, we just proved the globe model. Sorry, Bob, as above as below. <laughs> every well, ginger in the world just on my screen. Air. So, <laughs> yeah, on, well, on we're mine, on a flat plane on mine, so I don't know, yeah. man. Well, there we go. We just proved flat <laughs> Earth as well, right? Let's let's round this out. So we go to the final scene where Phoenix faces off against Spartan for the final battle. This is the best day of my life. 
He's killing all his cronies around him. He ends up smashing the liquid that the cryogenic stuff is in across the floor. He drops the special blue cell, which is like a gem. It hits the ground, freezes. He jumps up onto a panel, a claw that's moving around. Doesn't get frozen. He swings back around, kicks Simon Phoenix's body to the ground, and it shatters into a million pieces. End of movie. He saved the world. At the same time, we've got the the scraps that have come up to the surface and Edgar Friendly is taking over as the new leader of this society. And we we assume that he's going to bring in some of the old world values of freedom and doing what you want into the world again. That's, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like if Alex Jones was like uh, the director of the CIA or something, you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's that level of fantasy that just this dude that was living underground is now the leader of the world, basically. You yeah, know why I mean? him? right (laughs) yeah goes to this underground guy that said that he didn't want to lead anybody anyway you know when he asked like if he was the leader of the people of the revolution or whatever he was like no man i do what i need to for me and sometimes people come along like he greatly denounced that role and then at the end is kind of allotted to that position it well, kind of goes really, to that point, though, oh. that people that don't want to lead should be the leaders, right? It's the you people who it, yeah. want power and and take it are the worst for the job. That's right. exactly what I was going to say, man, is that, yeah, like leading by example is the best way. Like that whole idea of like leaders eating last, right? Like that's how it should be. And in our society, it seems like the, the leaders not only eat first, but they eat a lot more. They get a lot more uh, flavors. They get all the shit that, that you know, the... The slaves don't really get access to, man. And, and, you know, it it feels dumb calling us slaves, calling myself a slave, calling all of us slaves. It feels wrong, but I think that's programming. Um, I think that we, at the end of the day, we probably are closer to slaves than than free men because we have to do shit. And if we don't, like, you know, the idea of working and giving a certain percentage of your paycheck to a government that doesn't give two shits about you and doesn't represent you at all just seems... It seems like it's kind of a, if not a slave, then like a mafia or a mob type setting. I mean, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like we're free. If this wasn't a prison, then I could um, just decide to go build a house on public, uh, not privately owned land instead of public, just with no permit, no nothing, and, and go live and be free and just be like, look, I don't want any part of your shit. Fuck off. And just go live free in the woods. But you can't do that. You can't collect rainwater. You can't, I mean, you know, in most states, I don't know if that's a, a countrywide thing. I mean, yeah, the things that you need to just survive. And, and you know, I've talked about this with other people in the past. Like, I wonder when they're going to start charging us for air, like for breathing in air. Well, you know they what I mean? A, they, they made Hear the, the space balls clip. Is that <sighs> can of air, space balls. <laughs> well, space balls, but then uh, um, there's uh, the the Lorax. The Pixar. Oh, good one. Did, yeah. Uh, the the Dr. Seuss book, The Lorax. And that is about uh, Mr. O'Hare that owns all the air. Well, so mm. It's first it's, gonna, it's food, then water, then air, right? Like food, we can kind of get by on a slim amount of food. Water, ugh, even less than that. But air, we absolutely have to have. There's, there's yeah. no negotiating. If and they I, control the air, we're fucked. I think they're working on controlling the water now. I mean, which they they do. I mean, they've made it, like, I think it was Idaho, they made it illegal to drill your own well. Wild. Yeah. 
And it's it's weird because it starts with things that make sense, like with food. Like the idea of growing your own food is great, right? Like I think that that's an awesome thing, but it's very, very tough for, and we've gotten used to it, unfortunately. Like I eat a lot of steak and chicken, like to the point where like I really wouldn't be able to probably grow that or or harvest it like myself quickly. Like if I wanted to go to that lifestyle of independent living, I wouldn't be able to eat the same. I'd lose probably 200 freaking pounds. Well, I only weigh 240 pounds, so I'd be less than a skeleton at that point. But I mean, imagine, right. imagine what if I was like a 700 pound dude and like no one even knew and like, I'd lose 200 pounds. I'd be down to 500. That's uh, I've had a few beers, so it sounds like a lot, but um, I'd lose, I'd lose a ton of weight, dude. And like, I'd be like, you know, malnourished and shit. If I, if I actually tried to do that, because like, you know, I eat, we eat steak multiple times a week. Um, yeah. Chicken, same thing. It's like, man, Damn, it's tough, I remember dude. Not having kids too. What's that? <laughs> I, said, I remember not having kids too. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I used to be able to afford steak. Yeah, well, there's a there's a life hack with uh, steak at Walmart. You can get it pretty cheap if you ask for like certain cuts and shit. But yeah, man, yeah. it's it's get that it's Walmart just it's food. shitty. Yeah, Walmart right, sucks. Let's, let's let's round this film out then. Let's give it a an action film out of 10 like out of 10 as an action film what do you give it and then as a conspiracy rating so for action film let's give it out of stallones how many stallones is it and then how many kennedys is it for for a conspiracy theme for action film i'd give this maybe a five and a half okay just because it, it was the end of the action hero genre stallone was starting to age out at this point we could see how slow he was starting to move and it was a little bit campier than what the late 80s, earlier 90s action films were for me. If he's aging out, how do you explain The Expendables? And all those that's movies. A, that, that's adrenochrome. That's another, that's another conversation. <laughs> right. No, those are dog shit too, by the way. But yeah, I agree with that five, five and a half. But so what about conspiracies? Or are we going around the well, horn doing I, action? Yeah, I'll, I'd say uh, I'd say it's probably, I'd give it a little more credit only because I think I, I remember watching this in the theater um, and it's, it was a pretty iconic movie of my time because it was kind of right at, at that cliff of, you know, campy action movies. And I'd give it probably a seven. I mean, you've got everything you could want in an action movie in this, right? There's explosions, there's car chases, there's an old car that gets busted out of the uh of the museum i believe it's in or it's or it's underground i forget whether it was in the museum or underground but he has to break out like a chevelle like a badass freaking hot rod like a 77 you know there's vulgar language we laughed we cried i mean it gave you everything you wanted you know there's time travel there is rob schneider Schneider. (laughs) like it's uh it's it's a pretty well-rounded as far as the boxes that need to be checked for a good campy action movie, right? Of the, you know, Stallone, Van Damme, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger kind of time period. And so I yeah. give it like a seven. I mean, you'd have to be, you'd have to come with like Commando or something to get, you know, up in the nine and ten. But, um. But yeah, I'd give it a seven, but I think that's more nostalgia for me than anything. Yeah, the uh, it was this was before my time. Uh, I was uh, it came out in ninety three. You said so. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was two years old. You know what I mean? So uh, 
not not my cup of tea. Uh, it, it is interesting from a conspiratorial perspective, which my rank will be much higher. But yeah, I give it like a four point five five flat, something like that. Um, like New Jack City is probably Wesley Snipes' best movie. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, incredible movie. It's like a yeah. it's it's a primarily black you know cast and stuff, but just. I like that is I think the peak of his work. Um, Blade is kind of like a thing that a lot of people point to. And as far as Stallone goes, dude, I don't know if I like any of his fucking movies. Rocky is like okay. Have you seen Cobra? Come on, oh, Cobra's <sighs> so good. Cobra's so good. Have I'm just you seen not a fan. Over the top, cliffhanger. Stop, my mum will shoot. That, oh, that Rambo. That one's actually really good too. I mean, Rambo, there's Rambo. There's dude, a lot Rambo. of. I mean, there's fun things, but I just so don't many. like. I I I I don't know, man. I'm not a, a well, huge maybe fan. he doesn't like your movies either. He probably doesn't like my movies. He probably wouldn't like my you podcast. Sound either, like but... direct or what was a what was the drug dealer in uh, True Romance? It was um, <laughs> what was his name? That's who you sounded like. I even forget <laughs> the fucking actor's name now. Damn it! Um, oh fuck! Who? What was his name? He was the white dude, the pimp. Well, I was going to say he kind of sounded like how Family Guy portrays uh, John Travolta. And I just shit. thought they were the same it's guy. It's similar. <laughs> is it white American boy Italian day? sound the same to me. It's not white boy day, is it? <laughs> bad, bad stuff. But yeah, okay, so so we're all agreeing. Bob, you, you, you rate this pretty high as far as an action movie goes. I'm the lowest. Uh, Drew, what about like from a conspiratorial perspective? If I was to give it a rate out of Kennedy's, I'd probably give it an eight and a half. Ooh. It's got a lot of elements of stuff we're seeing today. Uh, it predicted, air quotes, predicted quite a few things, but it put it in the the realm of it being the ideal, the ideal utopia, the ideal future where in this idea of the future, I didn't see any pink-haired weirdos with their dicks cut off wandering around screaming at people. Right. Where we've got all the niceties and things that are portrayed in this film, like, that's happening in our world today, but it's making people crazier. If anything, I think that the the idea of the love and accepting and tolerant type of idea that they're pushing today is making the world into a hellscape that we saw at the start of that film. Sure. Well said. Really well said, dude. Yeah. It's like they they didn't show like the uh like there's no references to like pedophilia shit at all. You know what I mean? Which is going it, as much as that, that wouldn't big in the, in 93, like that of wasn't course really it, a well, conversation that people were having. Well, yeah. Like, so I, what but it was saying, a symbol was... on the machines. That's the thing that was in our faces. We didn't know it back then. Interesting. No, and... what Drew's saying is like, these are all like the sexy components, like the smart houses and, you know, all the good things that come with the future on the surface, right? The smart houses, the smart cars, yeah. the phones where you can FaceTime with people, all that kind of stuff was not even a, really a thought in the mainstream. And now obviously we're living it, but there's none of the bad stuff. The, the, the bathrooms that, uh, you know, dudes pull their foot long cock out in and show it to all the women in the women's bathroom. You know what I mean? Like there's no, none of that stuff. They show everything kind of, um, what's the word where it's not like with rose colored glasses? Straight, it's not straight, yeah, gay, yeah. Um, it's a uh, non-binary. No, there's another word for it. I can't androgynous. Androgynous. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, everything. Like the men and the women are all dressed the same. You know, it is, it, there is, everybody is kind of androgynous in this, in this movie where 
you know, it's there aren't really lines drawn, and they they're called citizen, not not sir or ma'am. You know, there's not really anything to indicate, you know, femininity or even. Well, then, who are you sleeping with, Rob Schneider or Sandra Bullock? Oh man, if I had a choice right now, freaking Rob Schneider all day. <laughs> Gay. He'd, He'd be, be a better cuddler, I think. Interesting. Okay. His dick would be smaller than Sandra Bullock's, so. Hey, maybe. Call back. <laughs> okay, so you went Sandra eight Bullock five. and Big Mike compare them every now and again when they're Yeah, eight, 8.5. Had a lot of stuff <laughs> happening, but uh, I think it was just lacking that little bit of the reality of, I think, how terrible the world is becoming. Sure. Yeah. Okay, Bob? I'd, prob- I'd probably go around an eight. I mean, it's it again. It ticks all the boxes. It's got, it's got time travel. It's got cryogenics. It's got um, you know, dystopian suggestion. future where everything is controlled. There's no touching. There's that no new world order shit. Yeah. Yeah, shit. Everything's corporate owned. You know that because there is the you know Taco Bell owns all of the food owns all of the food that you could tell so there there's your oligarchy there's technology every everywhere so you get that technocracy like ted kaczynski talked about you know was there a reference to a grocery store videos no there There wasn't any grocery stores was there there was just like places where you got pre-prepared meals that was it right and it was taco bell so yeah that's a good point so Uh you know everything's controlled everything's monitored everything's recorded you know, and so it it gives that brave new world, you know, 1984 type vibe. Because there's even a, a line in the movie where she, I think it's Huxley, says something like, I hope you're not coming down with a virus. Mm. Mm. Interesting, man. Yeah, it is. It is wild that <laughs> it is wild that Huxley is uh, is named that. Right. So. Um, yeah, for me, man, um, again, this is, you know, this is, I, I don't think it's a great movie personally. I, I'll give it like a, a 7.5 on the, on the Kennedy scale right there. Um, there's some funny things to it. it you know, it's got, it's got that kind of like retro feel. I would watch it again, maybe from like a, you know, more like examining, uh, perspective. I didn't watch it today. I watched it like a couple of days ago. And, um, yeah, man, it's just, for some reason, it like, like kind of like what Drew was alluding to, it's just, it's propaganda and predictive programming in like, in a weird way, it's like positive is the way that I got it. Like you didn't get the nasty right. stuff. It's more of the stuff that could be appealing to a very weak class of people. Right. Um, yeah. It's very right. Wally type, you know, yes. like where everybody's just kind of weak and mealy mouth, you know, they're just... They're weak. I mean, they they don't have music because it's offensive. So they play commercials as their music because it's unoffensive. Yeah. And, and you know, for the people that say that it, that this predicts the future, which I'm not saying it's either one of you guys, but like people on, on YouTube and shit that, that talk about how like all the, the future prediction going on here. A world like this is going to create so much crime, I think, like the one in the movie. And oh, there's yeah. no crime. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the big big miss i think there um obviously it's a fantasy and it's it's a fucking fiction fictional movie but that is the one thing that they miss like i said i'd watch it again though uh, for sure um just to check it out this is honestly the first time i'd seen it dude i didn't even see it when i was a kid or anything um i think this is the world they're they're trying to go towards though 
Like I think it's the ideal world they want. It's it's their ideal world. Not all. You don't think that they want crime because they want prisons. I think. I think they want massive amounts of crime. Well, I think they're going to find other ways to deal with arrest people and shit. Yeah, right. As a means to an end, they're trying to create the problem so they have the solution of the ideal world, which is kind of what Quato did in the in the novelization. He put things in place that created the crime of that era so he could give the the lockdown state the tracking the low jacking of people so they could be arrested and have people set up in a way that they have to follow authority for their own safety yeah well and this is the thing too when you're watching a movie like this you know cursing saying shit piss fuck all those things that's never going to be illegal but maybe calling like if i misgender bob you know Maybe that would be illegal, and that's where the or fines. Sandra Bullock. Yeah, they're trust. <laughs> that's where the fines would come in. Is is by saying something that hurts someone's feelings. You know, traditionally curse words make people feel uncomfortable. Misgendering someone might make someone feel uncomfortable. So, it's yeah, so man. Gay. It's yeah, so fucking gay. It is pretty gay. I, I can't. I can't understand being so fragile that you know you. We're at a point where we're talking about like if i call you sir instead of ma'am or, or citizen whatever yeah or citizen that i could get like a ten thousand dollar fine like man that that's never gonna work because fuck you sounds like bob's gonna be wiping his ass with that ticket just like slice stallone <laughs> dead yeah man while oh, the rest God. of us using shells yeah like like men but yeah, dude. No, th- this was fun, man. I love doing these with you guys. These are fun, fun things, man. And uh, yeah, man. there's a ton of content out there that people could do this on. I think, like, dude, there's... I want to do "God Bless America" so bad. That is by far my new favorite movie. Like by far. Did you see that intro? No, I haven't seen it yet. No. No, dude, watch it tonight. No. It's a I great. Recommend it high enough. Is it on a streaming service at all? No, See, I think you can get it for like four bucks on Amazon. Though it's worth every penny, man. I'd pay. That's $4 like ten thousand dollar dues. <laughs> Did you redo that? Well, so look, uh, Drew. See if you can get this out there, whether you have a VPN or not. And this is for anyone listening too. This is a nice little life hack right here. It's M four U H D, all spelled out like that. M the the letter the number four. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> M number four U H D. Dot com, I believe. And if that's not the correct one, just uh, DM me. But um, you can go on there and you can essentially watch any movie for free. And and like they have uh, some movies that are like banned now um, from all streaming services. There was some movie that Kim wanted to watch about like the history of breast implants. And it was like it, it, it wasn't a documentary. It was about the actual dudes that invented breast implants. And it just shows like way too many boobs in the movie for any streaming service to want. And um, yeah, so, you know, she ended up finding it on there and there's tons of movies, dude. They'll do cams, like people recording shit in fucking, (laughs) you know, movie theaters and like real like like, Russian shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, But they also have like good HD copies of all this stuff. So M4U HD, check that out. And um, you might be able to find it on there. But yeah, dude, great movie, dude. And it it really kind of like it, 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 shows what theater 3000 does not endorse downloading movies from a fucked up website that might get absolutely not on your computer well you don't we have to download proof, them. though 
<laughs> yeah, you don't have to download anything. You can go on there and, and uh, just watch. But yeah, we're not obviously endorsing that. That's something that I heard. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, man, fun stuff. I forget what I was saying. But yeah, this was this was fun, man. I enjoyed this. All right. So we had Idiocracy last month. This is August's show. So we've got Demolition Man. Ryan, it's up to you now. You're picking next month's movie. Can you think of something now or would you like to get back to us? Oh, I'm actually going to pick next month. Okay. I mean, uh, as of right now, I agree with uh, with uh, God Bless America. I think that's a good choice. Um, shoot. If I can think of something better, should I just, should we just go with that? We can say tentatively God Bless tentatively. America unless yeah. you think of something better that you're like, oh, fuck no, this one. Well, because I know that you're going to pick that next. So I'm thinking, I wonder if I could get something, something different. But yeah, I like the movie too, man. It's great. Um, so yeah, tentatively, we'll say, we'll say God bless America. All right. Awesome. All right, All right, guys, let's go around the horn. Where can you find our work? Start with you, Ryan. Go for it. Yeah, man. Thanks again, guys. This has been a fun thing to do. Um, but yeah, Dangerous World Podcast. I do the Patreon thing. Um, in all my episodes, I, I post a, uh, little, like link tree bullshit thing to show. Like if you want to get like your soap, your conspiracy soap, uh, your, uh, t-shirts, all that kind of shit. You know, I do all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, that's about it. Dangerousworldpodcast.com would be where you get all the merch. So again, it's all on the link tree in my show notes. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Drew missing, you're missing the point podcast, shadow band on Instagram, search and suggestion band on Twitter. If that's not an advertisement for following my show, I don't know what is. If you're a podcaster who does follow my content, share my shit because I can't get it out at the moment. Mm. Which is crazy because I see it. I see your Instagram stuff all the time. Like, well, I do on my Spaces Faking Gay page. Like, you're like one of the people that I see almost every single one of your posts. When the algorithm knows that you guys interact, it's going to show you his shit. I found that to be true, too. Because someone will tell me that they're shadow banned. I'm like, dude, you're just saying this for fucking clout. And then, like, I- I've actually experienced the same thing where I'm shadow banned, but like, all my friends are seeing my shit. I've had yeah. so many listeners c- try to type my name in on Twitter and they're screen recording and it doesn't come up with anything. No s- yeah. suggestions. Twitter, same for with sure, Instagram. Man. I'm not allowed on Twitter. Elon and Zuck are both tag teaming me and it yeah. really hurts. I bet you could honestly beat both of them up at the same time. And dude, I just got a Twitter I as could well. Beat so, both of them you- off with two hands. I bet you would. I bet you would, don't it? But no, uh, snow skiing. Yeah, dude, it, that's what you got to do when you're sitting in the middle in the back seat of a car. You're skiing. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I just got a Twitter as well. Uh, Dangerous World P because it would not let me fit in podcast in my name. So Dangerous World P, uh, just a letter. And yeah, man, that's why you have got like four followers. So come check it out. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, I'm Moral Bob. You can find me at the Hidden Pod on Instagram at Spaces Faking Gay because it is, and I can prove it. Uh, my podcast, I, I'm still kind of on a hiatus, but it's Hidden in Plain Sight on all your podcatchers. I'll eventually put out my comeback show. I've got it in my head. I just gotta, I just gotta record it. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Usually talking shit. So that's it. about it. Awesome, hey, man. I'm gonna dye my uh, my beard red for the next one, guys. All right, I'm in. Awesome. All right, everyone, enjoy this one. Go watch the movie. Let us know your thoughts on it, and we'll catch you next time.